This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Well, good morning and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Pastor Matt Stahlbaum. And And I am Jessica Stahlbaum. We should work that thing out where it's like, I'm Pastor Matt. And you're like, yeah, preach. No, and I'm Jessica. Oh. See, we're, that's why we point literally proven. Literally, you're welcome. I like to prove your points. That's what I do. Welcome well, to Morning Breath. It's so good to have you here. We're happy to be here, and we're happy that you're joining us. We are in Luke chapter 10 today, and Morning Breath is simply a radio program or a podcast, depending on how you're listening, where we take one chapter of the Bible, we read it, and then we discuss it, and we see what God is breathing on it, hence the name Morning breath how are you doing good i'm considering renaming the show really to afternoon breath oh just because that's when a lot of people listen true or you know we have recorded at night before and that's been fun night, night breath, breath. Night breath. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets a little giddy and giggly and funny and it's like usually nine o'clock at night when we're recording and trying to pretend it's the morning so it's yeah. always fun a lot of fun i will be talking about joy a bit during this chapter uh, so that's exciting. That's good. Because we just kind of threw some jokes out there. Boom. Jokes. We got joy. jokes. So Instant joy. What also we have coming up is the Cupid 5K. This is a 5K run, which is 3.1 miles for us Americans, or we Americans, however that grammatically is correct. And it's coming up this Saturday, the day after Valentine's Day. So go easy on the chocolate on Valentine's Day, then run 3.1 uh, miles the next- load. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a g- great perspective. <laughs> Carbo load yourself and then get up and run at 8 a.m. on February 15th, 3.1 miles from our Parkway Merritt Island campus. And uh, then you get to have your chocolate. Yes. Let me put some other things on the calendar. We talked about that. We'll be talking about this tomorrow, too, is we have a men's event happening on April 18th. Yes. We also have a, a marriage conference happening on March 1st. May. May 1st. You know, just one of those months. One of those months that starts with May M. 1st. Um, and then in October, we will, we will be having our women's conference, Sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. And so those are things to get on your calendar to be thinking about. They're all incredible. They're all amazing. Lots of people come to them. And uh, we just we have a blast. It's it's kind of become three staple events for us as a church, our, uh, our men's event, our women's conference, and our marriage conference. And so if you're just looking for a touch-up in those areas, you don't even have to come to East Coast. Or you're invited from anywhere Absolutely. to come to those and be involved. And uh, it's just a, a cool thing. You'll be seeing more on our events page if you do go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll you'll hear more details from the show as we go forward. But all that's found on ecc.us or our podcast or app, the East Coast app, or our phone number, 321-452-1060. I'm going to give one more plug. So this is the last week that you could really sign up is for our freedom groups. So freedom is something, it's a ministry that we have at East Coast and again, don't have to be part of our church, but we have room for about a hundred more people to join a freedom group. And these are small groups. They're 10 week small group. Uh, There's a curriculum that you go through. It's very regimented, but it's also uh, very low key. Like there's not, someone asked me, I invited someone and they said, do I have to have like prior experience? Like no. she, she's saying like with the Bible. And I'm like, no, she actually didn't even have a Bible. And I said, I'll get you a Bible. You get the freedom book. You are good to go. Literally fact, nothing is you needed. You learn a lot about yes, the Bible. Exactly. It's, and so no experience very, necessary. 
yep, it's very biblically centered and you just learn a ton. Yep. It's really neat. Yeah. It walks you through it very um, calculated and it's awesome. And then there's a retreat afterwards. So if you have not done a freedom group, now is the time to get in one. There are so many good groups right now, so many amazing leaders who are opening up their homes and uh, some are meeting at the church. And so go to eccc.us slash groups and sign up for a group right now. That's right. Pause us. Or Luke chapter 10 and... Uh, you read first. Yep, I'm going to read through 20. Perfect. I must say to you, read. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him two by two into every city and place where he was about to go. He was saying to them, the harvest is abundant, for there are many who need to hear the good news about salvation. But the workers, those available to proclaim the message of salvation, are few. Therefore, prayerfully ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Go your way. Listen carefully. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not carry a money belt, a provision bag, or extra sandals, and do not greet anyone along the way who would delay you. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace. That is a blessing of well-being and prosperity, the favor of God to this house. And if anyone of peace is there, someone who is sweet-spirited and hospitable, your blessing of peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not move from house to house. Whenever you go into a city and they welcome you, eat what is set before you and heal those in it who are sick, authenticating your message, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whoever, whatever city you enter and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your city, which clings to your feet, we wipe off and protest against you, breaking all ties. Yet understand this, that the kingdom of God has come near and you rejected it. I tell you, it will be more bearable in that day of judgment for Sodom than for that city." Woe, judgment is coming to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented and changed their minds long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes to show deep regret for sin. However, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will descend to Hades, the realm of the dead. The one who listens to you listens to me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him, my heavenly Father, who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who except the Son, uh, excuse me, no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this and you will live. 
But he warned, wanted to justify himself, and he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, so too, a Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, one, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he had to, uh, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not taken away from her. Amen. Amen. What a good chapter, Luke chapter 10. Do you have a place to start, or I will? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say this. Uh this is a really interesting chapter because Jesus ends this chapter and, and, you know, it didn't really necessarily end the conversation, but this chapter ends with two very different stories. One appears that Jesus is saying, if you love God, you love your neighbor, go do stuff. And then he ends with, don't do stuff. <laughs> just hang out with me. Right. It's like, what? What are you saying, Lord? Yeah. You know, and. And it's really interesting, actually, that the balance between those two things, what I do and who I'm doing it for. Mm -hmm. I think that's the balance. That's a connection point. And there's a lot to that. Yeah. I think I think that could be something we could really contemplate and meditate on for life. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what am I doing? And who am I doing it for? Yep. Why am I doing it? Yep. And when do I need to stop? Yeah. And what's my motive and what am I seeking to gain and all of it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back, back to verse two. It says, he was saying to them, the harvest is abundant for there are many who need to hear the good news about salvation. But the workers, those available to proclaim the message of salvation are few. And I've heard that verse in the I'm reading the Amplified translation. And so that verse has been heard and, and much smaller in other translations. And it just says the harvest is white. So pray that they're or ripe, that, or ripe and g pray that God will send workers into the harvest. But this adds so much more context. It says, for there are many who need to hear the good news about salvation. That's what it means by the harvest is abundant. Like people are ready. People need to hear what salvation is. They need to hear the gospel. But it says the workers, those available to proclaim the message of salvation are few. And that word available just really stuck out to me. And I asked myself the question, am I available? It's a very convicting question for me because oftentimes the answer is no. I fill my schedule, and I know a lot of people are the same way, to the brim, and I really leave no room to be available to anything beyond what is on my schedule. And um, 
I, if I'm really saying that that other verse, here I am, Lord, send me. If I'm saying that, how many opportunities have I missed? How many times has he been, well, I would try <laughs> if you would leave room in your schedule or if you would be willing to um, to be available. So I think that question is is just good for me to just stop and think, am I available? You know, I had the opportunity to go to lunch with a, a, a new friend, more of an acquaintance at that point. And um, I had stuff on my schedule and I could have said, you know, I don't have time or I don't, you know, easily could have had other things to do. But I just felt like God was like, you need to be available in this moment. And he really did some amazing things in my availability. So I was just convicted in that. I think most of us are convicted either in that or even in another way that's very similar is we don't like to be interrupted. Yeah. You know, that's that's another version. I extra hate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's another version of not being available mm-hmm. is the fact that maybe your whole schedule isn't full, but what you're working on, mm-hmm. you're like, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had that thought today. I was like, uh, I want to like bury myself in a in like a, a safe. <laughs> it's like three foot thick metal walls under a mountain and leave me alone. I have so much to do. Yeah. Bring everything, all my needs to this little safe, little safe cave. Yeah. Okay. And I, we got to have install a bathroom. We're mm-hmm. going to have to have different foods and like snacks and like coffee. Coffee. <laughs> like that's number one. Yep. Then, then water. The, then the bathroom. Then the bathroom. Number three. number three. Okay. <laughs> and if I walk out of here, I'm angry because I know you're going to interrupt me. Yeah. Not to mention, sometimes I'm a bit like, um, what was the movie with the dogs that were like, squirrel? Oh, uh, Up? Yeah. Up, yeah. I can be like that, yeah. interrupt myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ha, ah, you know, you're getting that like super distracted. I don't think you do that as much as I do, but oh my gosh, I can get so distracted. Yes. You know, part of my personality is just like, on to the next thing. Ooh, what's that over there? Yes, like, shiny things. Yeah, my mind works that way. And that's what that's what makes me be able to talk for, you know, 12 to 34 hours straight or whatever. Yeah. It's because it can just go to the next thing and go to the next thing and go to the next thing. But it drives me nuts because you don't want to get anything done. But what here's the thing, long point to just say this, is God often wants to use those interruptions to do amazing things. Look at the story in this chapter of the Samaritan who stopped to yes. help the person so good. where the Levite and the priest would not allow their day to be interrupted. Yep. And the the poor person was beat up and robbed, and you know, and the priest is like, oh, "I'm I'm busy, or I'm too holy, or yep. whatever." And the Levite, the same thing, "I'm too holy." But this Samaritan, and and that's saying a lot to these people because it's like, you know, basically it's saying this: like the best and the brightest of your community and culture is too busy, mm-hmm. but yet the people you look down on. Uh, are available to help people that you're that you won't help. Yeah. Okay. That's a Samaritan. They looked down on Samaritans. They didn't like Samaritans. They were considered. They looked at them as half breeds, which is like Ridiculous. totally terrible mm-hmm. and just racist and all sorts of stuff. They they just really looked down on them, and uh, that's the person that's stopping. Yep. And Jesus is like, you know who the good Samaritan is in the story? It's really actually Jesus. Right. Jesus is the one. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people would even say Jesus is the wounded neighbor, actually. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a lot of ways to look at that story. Yeah. Is Jesus, it's the heart of Jesus to help the wounded person. But, you know, the person that's wounded on the side of the road, Jesus is wounded on the side of the road. 
And and here's where it gets really complex is Jesus says this, you take care of the hurt, the broken, the poor, you're really taking care of me. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. And so in those interruptions are your moments to find Christ. Yep. That's so good. I don't mess with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I said, um, when I cleared my schedule to have lunch with this friend, I texted another friend who is a believer, and I said, just pray that I would have the right words to say. I don't know what this person needs to talk about, and I just want to be there. I want to be open, and I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And they said, you are literally giving a cup of water to to this person, and you are serving Jesus in this way when you are taking time, when you're allowing yourself holy to be water. interrupted. <laughs> yes, it was super holy out of the tap. <laughs> yeah, that's really good thoughts. Um, I love that Jesus' stories and parables because they're so layered. Like you said, it could be, it could represent this, it could represent this. And you really, the Bible is amazing. Like, I'm so glad that you guys are listening to Morning Breath right now because it's showing that you have a hunger for the word of God. And that is, it's just going to be the launching point for everything in your life. It's incredible. I love the Bible. Um, verses five and well, six. Let me say something about that real quick is yeah. the, just interrupted you. Apparently you don't like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to handle it. Now well. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, I'll start again and then. Here's what it was. Okay. <laughs> Is this all? All you have to do with the Word of God is give it an opportunity. Yep. Like you don't have to know nothing about it really to open it up and start reading it. And uh, I know that wasn't correct English. You don't got to know nothing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, what it is is you give it an opportunity to speak into your life, and some days it's going to be incredible. Like you're going to be blown away, and you'll be walking on that Word for yep. a, a week, a month, a year. And other times you're just layering in the truth yep you're just building that foundation and you just never know when it's you're building the foundation or like you're putting the house on top and it's just a beautiful thing and what you're doing right now by listening to morning breath is you're giving the word of god an opportunity to build something in your life and i just i never regret it Nope. And you know what's so funny is because I allowed myself to be interrupted just now, it was the perfect segue to what I was going to say. And it probably made it even better. Amazing. (laughs) Verse 5 and 6 says, Whatever house you enter, first say peace. That is a blessing of well-being and prosperity, the favor of God to this house. And if anyone of peace is there, someone who is sweet-spirited and hospitable, your blessing of peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. So I just wrote down in my notes the word peace and I just thought about our home and our home bases. It's important that our home bases are places of peace because we can sabotage ourselves so easily by allowing our homes to be this place of stress and strife. And personally, I know that I have and we all have the opportunity to be either a thermostat or a thermometer. So we can go into our home and just react to everything that everyone is doing. And then we're just taking the temperature and being whatever it is, or the thermostat actually sets the temperature. I can go in and be like, I want it to be 71 degrees in here, nice and cool and peaceful. And I can set the tone in that. But all of those kind of choices and creating those spaces of peace, those take time. It all takes time. We don't get instant gratification when we are trying to apply discipline to our lives. And just like what you said about the Bible, we sometimes do not get this instantly amazing, like awe-inspiring thing that, that takes us for a year, but it's building. Every time we put the word in, we're building. Um, I had read something um, the morning of our last Wednesday night service, and I had literally written in my notes something that God spoke to me. um, And then the pastor that night said the same thing. And so that moment to me was like, man, if I hadn't taken the time to, to get that out of the word this morning, now I get confirmation 
of it. And so in that moment, it really didn't mean a ton to me. But then that night when I heard the same thing again, it was just like God weaving it all together. And it was like I had put my foundation and then he built even more on top of it through listening to a message. So I think we have to... The, the spiritual disciplines, discipline in, in and of itself means it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, you know, something you said triggered a thought about that night of worship. Um, you were there and you got something. Yeah. Um, in order to get something, you got to be there. Right. Like you can't just get stuff from a distance. Like you got to show up. Whether it's opening your Bible, whether it's listening to a radio broadcast about the Bible or mm-hmm. a podcast about the Bible, or actually show up to yeah. a night of worship, show up to a church service and be expected. I got some great things out of that night too. I, I felt like there was some areas of my life that needed adjusting mm-hmm. and they were sabotaging um, blessing in my life. And I realized that like the thing I care the most about in my life, I'm sabotaging with my own mouth. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I got to stop that. Yeah. But here's the thing. We had an amazing time of praise and worship, and the message was so good. But right at the end of the message, um, we felt like there, I, I was closing the service, and I had a sense that we need to sing kind of like in this repentance moment, in this like, Lord, I'm I'm sorry, and just kind of correct, allowing God to correct us. Mm-hmm. I asked Pastor Chris if he had a song. He said yes. And wildly enough, a song they did earlier in the service was, was just perfect. all about coming yeah. back to God's heart and like, I'm sorry for making this a routine thing. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is about you, Lord. He sang that song, and the the part that kind of made me a little sad is as I was closing the service, people just started walking out because like that's normal. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's time to close, and like eight people walk out the back. I don't know. It's just like a thing people do want to get out in the parking lot. But we went on for another six or seven minutes in this super sweet time of worship before God that was unplanned, very, very, very powerful. Yeah. And here's the thing. You really had to be there. Yeah. To get something out of that night. Mm -hmm. And, I think it's an encouragement, and and I, I want to encourage you. I know this show is listened to by tons of different churches and you know different places besides where we have church. I'm not just talking about our church, but mm-hmm. I am talking about our church. Right. You gotta come. Yeah. Like, there's reasons for you to be other places, but you're not gonna find the blessing doing those things. Only God blesses you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Publics don't bless you. Yeah. All right. Your school doesn't bless you. God can bless you through those sources. Yeah. But why not show up to the place where God is being honored and worshipped as much as possible? Yep. And and this this is just an encouragement to anybody who ever feels like, man, I don't know if I should should I go to church this weekend or should I do this or should I do that or should I do that small group or should I, whatever. And you kind of go back and forth, back and forth. I'm just telling you, you got to be there to get something. Yeah. And it works the same way in every area of our life. You want to get something out of your family, you've got to be present. Yeah. Like you can't be family without being with your family. Like yeah. at some point you got to be present. Yeah. And I get people are overseas and I get people are all of that. You're going to be present on FaceTime and all those things. I'm not discounting that. But 
you you became family because you were together at some point, mm-hmm. right? That's how you became family. And yeah. so you've got to be present with your friends. You've got to be present with your family. You've got to be present with the Lord to have these powerful moments. Yeah. Like Martha, at the very end of this, she is present with the Lord while Mary is running around serving. Yep. Did I get that backwards? Mm, uh, yep, you did. Did I get it backwards? Mary was present Mary with the Lord. Mary <laughs> was present with the Lord. Martha, 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 Martha she was Martha. wasting her time you know, cleaning cleaning the dishes. Just kidding. She wasn't wasting her time. But the point is, Mary chose what was better to be present with the Lord in that moment. And the Bible says that that will never be taken away from her. Every time that you open the word of God, like I said, you are building on a foundation, your starting foundation, you're building and you never know when it's all, something is just going to come together. And it might be for you. It may be for, so you can bless someone else. That often happens to me when I put time into the word, I never, ever regret it. So we will be right back. We're going to take a break. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Morning Breath. Morning Breath. breath. We're back with Morning Breath, and we've been in Luke chapter 10. And I just want to finish up with verses 19 and 20. Jesus says, 
to the 70 disciples that he sent out to the cities, he says, I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any way harm you. And that verse is powerful and it's amazing when we can sit there and that applies to us too. But the next verse, do nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And here is the question that matters. Yes, we have authority to tread on uh, snakes and scorpions. Yes, we have the ability to to do all these wonderful things and perform miracles. But what is the question that matters? It matters that is your name written in the book of life? Is your name recorded in heaven? Are you going to go to heaven when you die? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins, rose again, lives today, loves you, and wants to be in relationship with you? It matters. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that Christ, God raised him from the dead and you will be saved and your name will be in that book. And so that is your number one most important decision. And I hope that you've made it. If you have a question about that, reach out to our church on Facebook or on Instagram or call our office. We love you and we hope that you have a great day. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.